Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
feeling like committing a crime Get a lot for that, I won't snitch, I ain't dropping a dime I'm a self-made hustler, top of the line Another episode of the Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. I am your host, So L, and this is the Foundation. We are high frequency, high frequency. Welcome. Where we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we are looking to correctly apply that correct information here on the foundation. Got a great show lined up for y'all. I'm just going to break down my investment strategy for the next two years. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to get all personal. I'm going to breach the private agreement. I'm going to breach the non-disclosure. I'm going to pancake my own toes. But it is my pleasure to welcome you. You know, I want to start off by saying all thanks 
praises and honors due to the creator and ancestors. But without them, we definitely would not be here. I want to say, as always, peace, shout out, salute, big up to my big brother, you know. I call him Uncle Yusuf L. You can call him whatever you want, you know. But, you know, I consider him a big brother spiritually and an uncle when it comes to business, you know, because we all family. So shout out to Yusuf L. High Frequency Radio Network creator. Y'all wouldn't be hearing me if it wasn't for, you know, high frequency. You know, Yusuf L. Private Side Solutions. SPC University. My man will teach you how to, you know, do your dance when it comes to, you know, secure party. You can check out SPCUniversity.com. And shout out to the big brother, Yusuf L. And, you know, as always, I'd like to welcome you to check out Welcome to TheFoundation.com. Make sure you sign up for the email list. We got something coming in a week or so for everybody on the email list. Little special, little special dance for y'all coming up. But yeah, sign up for the email list. Check out the PDF section. Free stuff. Just free. Just free. Free dance. Do your free dance over there. Just, just take those PDFs. Just run with them. You know, hey. A lot of stuff on there. Some stuff we don't discuss on the foundation. But hey, who am I to, you know, tell you what you can and cannot learn? You know, check it out. And make sure you check out the education tab. You know, jump on that trust primer over 18. Handpicked documents selected by So L, myself, me, I. If you just getting into trust, you're just figuring out that, you know, hey, there's trust that exists and there's trust that don't have to do with states and, you know, they can be private in their contract or Massachusetts or, or, or common law. What is it? Trust primer. That's what you need. And then, you know, after you do the trust primer, make sure you grab that trust series, part one, part two, and three at welcome to the foundation.com. You know, Hey, I just, I went, I even did a PowerPoint for y'all and I went through, you know, what type of trust that we deal with, you know, here at the foundation, private contractual complex entities and, you know, the, 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 the validity of these entities, you know, I've got Supreme Court case law in there, American jurisprudence, there's a lot of stuff in there, it's very informative, that's the trust series on the education tab, welcome to the foundation.com, snatch them up, snatch them up, also passport, no social, part one and part two, y'all interested in, you know, maybe separating yourself from the name and, you know, want to get a passport without using the social? Chris L., he blessed us. He blessed us. So make sure you grab that passport, no social, part one, part two, education tab, welcome to the foundation.com. Follow. Also, make sure that you know, you check out the email list, like I said, but you can also make a donation. You can book a consultation. Um, all from the same spot. Welcome to the foundation.com. You want to check it out. Let's jump in by saying peace to all the listeners. I want to say peace to all the live listeners right now. Live callers. Peace. Salute you to y'all right now. Peace. All the live all the live listeners on the internet, yo. The internet listeners want to say peace to you. Definitely. Shout out to the internet listeners. Internet listeners. My tongue is tripping today. Archive listeners, podcast listeners. 
MP3 listeners, however you checking out the show, you know, hey, we've been going strong. Foundation is what? Four, over four years, man? On high frequency, doing this dance. I want to say peace to anyone that we've done business with in the private. I want to say peace to um, all the trustees investing in their private education, you know, in the trustee training. We meet every Sunday. Shout out. I'll see y'all in a couple days. We're going to continue to do that dance privately. Can't see us. No one can see us. You know that, right? No one can see us doing our dance, trustees. <laughs> one of, you know, as well as anyone else investing in their private education outside of, you know, the training that's offered here by the foundation. And, you know, anyone who's uh, sent an email, well wishes, current event, or otherwise added to the foundation, definitely want to say peace to y'all, man. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I trust you had a great week. I, I really do, you know. I want the best for you. I, I hope y'all understand that. It's a majority of the reason why we do this show here on the foundation is, you know, hey, let's all get right so we can do right together. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, success equates to, you know, being around, you know, predominantly, you know, people who may not look like you or, you know, share the same culture. So let's, you know, hey, what do you call that? Status quo? It is what it is. Let's jump into these current events, though. Read between the lines, y'all. Reuters.com. Let's jump in. It's off top. Turn the music off. Minority-owned businesses. Minority-owned businesses. Reuters.com. Struggle to access credit during pandemic. Fed survey finds the vast Majority of U.S. small businesses took a hit to their revenue last year because of the pandemic, with minority-owned businesses struggling the most and worrying more about accessing, according to the Federal Reserve Survey, released today. The survey, which was conducted in September and October after the first two rounds of the Paycheck Protection Program, had closed two new applicants and before Congress had finalized a nearly $900 billion aid package. It showed many small businesses worried they would not survive without government help. Of the nearly 10,000 small businesses surveyed by the Federal Reserve, 95% said their business was impacted. 78% reported a decline in revenue. 46% said they had to shrink their staff. Nearly 90% of small businesses said sales had not returned to levels prior to the pandemic by the time of the survey of those companies about a third said it would be unlikely that their business would survive until sales recovered without a more government help some 53 businesses expected their total sales revenues to drop more than 25 percent in 2020 outcome varied widely by race and ethnicity some 54 percent White-owned firms described their financial condition as, quote, fair or poor, but that rose to 79% for Asian-owned businesses, 77% for Black-owned firms, and 66% for Hispanic-owned businesses. The U.S. Central Bank heard from 9,693 businesses across the country with fewer than 500 employees. Its small business credit survey summarized findings from businesses that were operating or temporarily closed, but did not include companies that had permanently shut down. The majority of businesses surveyed 
or more than 90% look for some sort of emergency funding during the pandemic with the most common being the Paycheck Protection which provided loans that could be converted into grants under certain conditions. Minority-owned businesses were more concerned than white-owned businesses about their ability to access credit over the year. Credit availability was top concern for black-owned businesses cited by 30% of businesses in the group. Some 20% of Hispanic-owned businesses and 14% of Asian-owned businesses said they worried about credit availability compared to 12% of white-owned businesses. The landscape for the pandemic, government, aid, and the economy have changed drastically since the Fed conducted the survey in the fall. Infections surged to new highs over the winter, leading to fresh shutdowns and restrictions, which may have created further challenges for small business owners. Now, am I surprised that minority-owned businesses are struggling to access credit? Nope, not at all. But check this out. Y'all pay attention. Who do you trust? Amazon, New York Times. Amazon to pay fine for withholding tips from delivery drivers, man. The fine is $62 million. Amazon agreed yesterday to pay $62 million to the Federal Trade Commission to settle charges that it withheld tips to delivery drivers over a two and a half year period. In a case that highlights the federal government's increased interest in gig economy workers, the FTC said in an announcement that Amazon had promised its flex delivery drivers that they would receive 100% of all customers' tips. But starting in 2016, the FTC said Amazon secretly lowered the hourly delivery wages, which were advertised at $18 to $25, and tried to mask the smaller wages by using customer tips to cover for the smaller hourly pay yo yo and amazon is a large company and there was a bunch of you know a bunch of you know publicity last year about how they didn't pay any taxes in their corporate their corporate you know returns but i'm gonna read this again man amazon secretly lowered y'all Amazon secretly lowered <laughs> man I'm gonna say it again secretly lowered the hourly delivery wages which were advertised at 18 to 25 dollars and masked the smaller wages by using customer tips to cover for the smaller hourly pay. Y'all wonder why I'm telling y'all to start your own business? These fools are not playing out here. The net effect was that the contract workers received smaller overall take-home pay. The practice wasn't wasn't disclosed to drivers But the flex drivers noticed the compensation reduction and began to complain. Amazon stopped the practice in 2019, so they did it for three years. They did that for dry... Look, I'm going to read this again, man. They did this for three years, y'all. In 2016, 
Amazon secretly lowered the hourly wages for delivery drivers, which were advertised at 18 to $25. And they masked the smaller wages by using customer tips to cover the smaller hourly pay. Amazon stopped the practice in 2019. So you're telling me for three years, they lowered drivers' wages, the advertised wages, and covered it with tips, which made it look like they were getting less tips, which overall lowered their wages, and they did it for three years, and they're only paying a $62 million fine? You think, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm absolutely positive they made more than $62 million doing that. The practice wasn't disclosed to drivers, but the flex drivers noticed the compensation reduction, reductions and began to complain. Amazon stopped the practice in 2019 after it became aware of the FTC's investigation. The company settled without admitting wrongdoing. Quote, rather than passing along 100% of the customer's tips to the drivers as it had promised to do, Amazon used the money itself. This is Daniel Kaufman, the acting head of consumer protection at the FTC, who went on to say, quote, our action today returns to drivers the tens of millions of dollars in tips that Amazon misappropriated and requires Amazon to get drivers permission before changing its treatment of tips in the future. And quote, flex workers are classified by Amazon as independent contractors and often use personal vehicles for deliveries of the company's Prime Now and Amazon Fresh items. Customers can give a tip to the delivery drivers on the checkout page. Man, secretly lowered your wages and covered it with your tips. Moving on, CNBC House passes budget resolution moving forward with $1.9 trillion relief plan. Some people need it. The House passed the budget resolution today, a key step as Democrats push toward a vote on the $1,900,000,000 billion relief package. Approval of the measure allows Congress to move forward without reconciliation through which Democrats can pass an aid bill without Republican support. The Senate is expected to approve the, a resolution later this week. Reflecting the partisan divide over the relief plan, the House passed the resolution. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The House passed the resolution in a 218 to 212 vote. Congress is, is expected to write a bill reflecting the president's framework, his proposal calls for $1,400 direct payments for most Americans, a $400 per week jobless benefit through September, a $20 billion vaccination program, and a $350 billion um, support for state and local governments, among a range of other policies. Here come them checks. Here come them checks for most people because New York Times says some economists say the Paycheck Protection Program has not saved many jobs. Mm. Academic economists who have studied the Paycheck Protection Program have concluded that it has saved relatively few jobs and that at a cost of more than half a trillion dollars, it has been far less efficient than other government efforts to help the economy. Oops. David Otter, 
An MIT economist says the Paycheck Protection Program saved 1.4 million to 3.2 million jobs. Ben Castleman and Jim Tankersley report for the New York Times. Other researchers have offered broadly similar estimates, even as Treasury economists said in December that the program might have saved nearly 19 million jobs. Well, 19 million is a far, far larger number than 3.2 million. Given the program's costs, saving jobs on the scale of a few million jobs doesn't necessarily qualify as a success. Unemployment benefits also provide income at far less expense and Programs like food assistance and aid to state and local governments pack a larger economic punch, according to many assessments. Quote, it's just a really inefficient use of funds. End quote. This is Eric Zwick, an economist at the University of Chicago's Business School, who has studied the program. Many policy experts on Wall Street and in Washington say the program merits should be assessed instead on, instead on what it did to save businesses. On that basis, they say it helped prevent a greater calamity and fostered economic healing. Blah, 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 yippity-skippity. So they're trying to say it saved 19 million jobs. It really saved between 1 and 3 million jobs. And that's billions of dollars. Y'all be careful. Reuters.com Whole Foods must face a lawsuit over its honey graham crackers. Honey graham crackers. You'd be like, so why do you care about honey graham crackers? Man, just check it out. A federal judge in Manhattan said yesterday Whole Foods Market must face a proposed class action lawsuit claiming it deceived shoppers about the contents of its 365 organic honey graham crackers. U.S. District Judge Gregory Woods said Chandra Campbell plausibly alleged that the words honey and gram on the box misled reasonable consumers into thinking that the crackers contain more healthy whole grain flour than non whole grain flour and that honey rather than sugar was the main sweetener quote it's not implausible that consumers would understand that words on the box to say what they mean end quote the box also shows a honey dipper in a bowl of honey. Whole Foods and his lawyers did not immediately respond to requests for comments. The chain, part of Amazon.com, has said Campbell was being unreasonably literal and could have checked the ingredient list on the back if she were unsure. Woods said Campbell may pursue claims under New York consumer protection laws. He dismissed fraud and negligence claims and said the Manhattan resident lacked standing to demand package, uh, packaging changes because she now knew what was in the crackers and what and would not buy them. In letting the case, the case proceed, Wood cited a 2018 Federal Appeals Court revival of a lawsuit against Kellogg Company for labeling Cheez-Its as a whole grain when primary grain content was enriched white flour. Woods also wrote that before the case began, quote, the judge did not know that the graham in graham cracker referred to a type of flour. The crackers might have been named after a famous person named Graham in the way that Peach Melba and Melba Toast were named after the opera singer. <laughs> I mean, that, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a very flimsy argument. Campbell's lawyer, Spencer Sheehan, said he welcomed the rulings in her favor. Sheehan, of course he did. She unfiled many lawsuits accusing companies of misleading and mislabeling products. So 
you got to be careful. These fools are saying that the food in the box or in the package is one thing or made from a certain thing, and it's actually not. And then they're trying to say, oh, well, all you got to do is read the ingredients. Most people, how many people stand there and read the ingredients? I mean, besides me, but most people would be looking at me like I'm silly and stuff and acting weird, trying to get all in my personal space when I'm trying to read the ingredients as, a, as if me reading the ingredients on the box is a disservice to them. No, I'm just playing. I'm kind of ranting. But <clears throat> also, if you didn't know, and a lot of people think Whole Foods is some, you know, uppity, bougie place to shop, these fools will change, will, they'll, they'll keep the price of an item the same. And it's, Whole Foods is not the one, the only one who has been caught doing this type of thing. But they'll keep the, the price of the food item exactly the same, right? Or any product. But most, um, we're specifically talking about food items right now. So they'll, they'll leave the price of the food item the same and they'll change the amount of food or, or the weight of the food that's in the package, but then they won't change the weight that's advertised on the outside of the package. So they're saying you got, <clears throat> excuse me, they're saying you got eight, eight ounces of fruit in here and it's really six ounces, but they're charging you the same price for the eight ounces. Well, uh, they were in a lawsuit. Whole Foods, that was like five, seven years ago or something, eight years ago, because they got caught doing that. All We all know, if you've ever went and bought some chips, man, a bag of chips, man, you got this ridiculously large bag, right? And you open the chips, and it's only, look, they, the bag could have been less than half of the size, man, because all the chips is in the bottom. It's not even halfway up. It's not, yo, they don't even fill it halfway up the bag, man. And they got this big ass, excuse me, this big, big bag sitting on the shelf. And you, you think we're getting value. We believe we're getting value, but we're not. We're actually, and then they'll say, oh, contents may have settled during shipping and you know that's some old psycho you know flip your brain script anyways but hey watch watch these food companies watch watch these food products because they're products they're created and you know just just watch out Reuters, feds evans sees price spikes ahead but policy steady. Here we go. Remember I was telling y'all we're going to start seeing inflation. We're going to see it first. We're going to see it in food. And we're going to see it in energy, like oil and gas and the power bills and stuff. Pay attention. Here it comes. Get ready. Chicago Federal Reserve Bank President Charles Evans said today, forecast a rapid economic rebound this year, but said monetary policy will need to remain super easy to boost, quote, too low, end quote, inflation, even as prices are expected to temporarily spike this spring. Quote, it will be critical for monetary policymakers to look through temporary price increases and not even think about thinking about adjusting policy until the economic criteria we have laid out have been realized, end quote. Evans said in remarks prepared for delivery to the Oakland University School of Business Administration in Rochester, Michigan, excuse me, who went on to say, quote, so I see us staying the course for a while so i'm going to read this again y'all and i'm gonna break it down and i'm not in any way saying that you're not intelligent or anything i'm just gonna break down what this man just said man i'm gonna read again and i'm gonna break it down while i'm reading it it would be critical for monetary policymakers to look through temporary price increases so they're saying that prices are going to increase 
but it's going to be temporary. Do you believe him? I don't believe him. And not even think about thinking about adjusting policy. So don't even think about think about adjusting policy because prices are increasing until the economic criteria we have laid out has been realized. This is the Federal Reserve. I don't know how much you trust them. I don't know how much I trust them. Not much. <coughs> Not much. <coughs> Man, excuse me. Man, I, you know, hey. I'm drinking water. But these fools out here playing games with your life, essentially, because you you exchange your life and energy um, for these notes. And this is what's going on. While food prices are going up, increasing, excuse me, let me speak correctly, as well as energy prices are increasing, they're saying that these are going to be temporary spikes or temporary price increases. Let's see if that happens. I don't know. I mean, man, did I go to Harvard? I didn't go to Harvard, y'all, so I could, man, what? I should probably be be bagging groceries or something somewhere, right? Because what do I know? Reuters.com, dire unemployment forecast demands immediate action, says White House advisors. I don't know. I know how to read. That's what I know. Top top white. (laughs) Top White House economists pushed back today against overly rosy interpretations of the Congressional Budget Office economic forecast and called for immediate action to avert the risk of persistent and long-lasting United States unemployment Jared Bernstein and Heather I'm going to just call her Bushy Heather Bushy two of the three members of the Council of Economic Advisors said the CBO's dire forecast that 7 million people will still be out of work in 2021 underscored the urgency of enacting the 1.9 trillion dollar rescue plan quote the cost of inactions are far higher far higher than the cost of acting too aggressively They wrote in a blog first reported by Reuters, who went on to say, quote, we should not wait years for the economy to return to full uh, employment and get the economy back to pre-pandemic expectations, end quote, the CBO. This week forecast the U.S. economy will grow more strongly than previously expected, which is 4.6% after contracting 3.5%. If I do the math, I don't know, I'm not a mathematician, but 4.6 minus 3.5 is 1.1. And if you call that growth, I don't know. I can get better growth trading firecrackers. But whatever, I don't know. What do I know? Like I said, I'm not a mathematician. Republican critics who say that the president's plan is too expensive and could stoke inflation, and that's exactly what's going to happen. The CBO also forecasts a drop in the average U.S. unemployment rate to 5.7% in 2021, down from 8.1% in 2020, which would be a big improvement from July forecasts of 8.4% in 2021 and 10.6% in 2020. But it said the number of people employed would not recover to pre-pandemic levels until 2024 and let's just be honest it's probably going to be much longer than that 
And uh, I'm not trying to be, you know, a alarmist. I'm just trying to speak the facts. And you can look no further. CNBC, one in three shoppers used a buy now, pay later option to make a purchase. They otherwise could not afford family. Here we go. Here we go. Point of sale financing is becoming more popular, but a new study by coupon search engine coupon follow finds it might encourage overspending. Uh, I don't know. It might. If I just throw you 10 G's, what you going to do? Spend it. If I tell you, yo, I'm about to give you 10,000. I'm going to give you $10,000 tomorrow. In 24 hours, I'm going to give you $10,000. By the time I give you that $10,000, you've already figured out what you're going to spend it on. Please believe me. Try it. Do a thought exercise. Budgeting for the perfect item, whether it's a new pair of running shoes, an upgraded refrigerator, or a flat screen TV requires some forethought and planning. This is especially true when an item costs more than your monthly income, say like $4,000. But even a series of impulse purchases can throw your budget off track if you're not careful. In a recent study by Coupon Search Engine, Coupon Follow, 63% of respondents who were surveyed reported using buy now, pay later financing, aka point of sale loans or POS loans, piece of something loans. To afford something they bought online of this group, 60% reported they were able to get the piece of something loan that they otherwise would not have qualified for at 72.6% reported adding extra items into their cart. See, told you, you get the bread, you want to spend it. You've been taught that. You've been taught that your whole life. You have to acknowledge that. Otherwise you can't stop it. You're going to get money. You're going to spend it. You're going to get money. You're going to spend it. You're going to get money. You're like, why ain't got no money? Why ain't got no money? Because you've been taught to spend it subconsciously your whole life. It's like, ding, a bell rings and you go spend all your bread. If you are new to credit or rebuilding a damaged credit score, piece of something loans, I'm sorry, point of sale loans might be easier to qualify for than a personal loan or a 0% APR credit card. Companies like Affirm, I'm not going to say their names, they partner with major brands, blah, 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 but while buy, now pay later options are convenient. This flexibility might cost you. Piece of something loans often charge interest, so you pay more for the same product over time. And even with no interest options, you could get stuck paying off a loan for six months or longer. Most consumers who used point-of-sale financing in the survey reported using it to buy electronics followed by beauty and health products, home and garden products, and games, books, and media, all depreciating assets. None of them appreciating. Oops, you're silly. Save up the cash. Yes, this is the message. That takes time, but it's also less risky when you've got a big purchase on the horizon. Use a budgeting app, set goals, be disciplined. Who wants to hear that? I just want to go into debt and buy everything. CNBC, American, War- American the airlines, warns 13,000 employees of furloughs as the airline prepares to lose federal aid next month. American Airlines said today... It will send furlough notices this week to about 13,000 employees as a second round of federal payroll aid is set to expire next month and travel demand remains cleft asunder. Quote, 
the vaccine is not being distributed as quickly as any of us believed and new restrictions on international travel that require customers to have a negative test have dampened demand and quote, this is American airline CEO, Doug Parker and president Robert Isom. I saw him. I what yo wrote in a note to staff rival United airlines last Friday sent similar for furlough warnings to 14,000 staff members. 13,000 plus 14,000. That's a lot of thousands. I'm just playing. That's 20, that's 27,000. That's a lot of thousands. That's people who won't be working. The latest 15 billion dollar Congress approved for us carriers late last year, required airlines to recall the employees they furloughed in the fall and maintain payroll through March 31st. It was the second round of aid for the industry. Congress gave airlines 25 billion last March to keep them from cutting employees. Through the fall. Yeeks. Y'all just over here. Just yeeting bread. What billions? Now that now they about to lay off twenty seven. Nope, nope. We're just gonna furlough you. And then we're gonna lay you off after that. CNBC, here's the average net worth of Americans ages thirty five to forty four. Are you in that range? If you are, check it out. The average American has $90,460 of debt. But the average net worth is $748,800. My dude. <laughs> um, I mean, look, let's just be real. Are, are, are we discussing a certain demographic that, you know, Storm the Capitol, because <coughs> I don't, <coughs> I don't know if, um, <coughs> excuse me, man, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm coming down with something or uh, if I'm just reading between the lines. Um, Seven hundred forty-eight thousand eight hundred dollars is the average net worth of the average thirty-five to forty-four American, forty-four-year-old American. Net worth or the total amount of your assets you have in your name, minus any debts, tends to increase with age. Higher earnings bring more opportunities to buy property and other assets that can grow in value over time and help people build wealth. I'm going to say that again because this is absolutely true. Higher earnings bring more opportunities to buy property and other assets that can grow in value over time and help people build wealth. According to the Federal Reserve, the median net worth for people ages 35 to 44 is $91,000. Okay, that sounds more, hey, what? The average is 436200 Economists say that looking at the median is a better indicator of where most Americans fall on the net worth spectrum. So, you know, I don't know, what do you think? I'm going to keep moving. I don't. I know it's a lot of current events, y'all. We're going to keep it. Chesapeake Energy cuts 15% of its workers as it emerges from bankruptcy. Hey, we're doing great. We're emerging from bankruptcy. You're fired. What's the number? 220 layoffs will happen to Oklahoma City headquarters with office employees being notified today. Field workers were already notified. Dang, it sounds like a lot of job. Qualcomm shares drop as chip supply constraints hold back sales. 
I think y'all should pay attention to this. Qualcomm Incorporated shares dipped as much as 9%. And after I was trading on supply constraints that have roiled the industry and contributed to fiscal quarter sales that slightly missed Wall Street expectations. I think that's important. There's a chip shortage. Chip shortage, New York Times. Chip shortage disrupts General Motors factories. And then this is this is going to get more serious, especially now, you know, this. we live in tech. You can't live without technology these days. You're going to die. You're going to lay down in the dirt, cry for your mama, and die if you can't get on your social media. Most people can't do it. But there's a there's a there's a chip semiconductors the things that are used to make these technological devices work man they ain't got them it's affecting um, everyone from computer makers to phone makers to car makers man. GM will pause work at three plants because of chip shortage. General Motors plans to idle three North American plants next week because of a global shortage of semiconductors that is rippling through the automotive industry. The company said it would halt production for a week beginning Monday at its plants in Fairfax, Kansas, Ingersoll, Ontario, and San Luis. Mexico, Ford Motor, Volkswagen, and other automakers have also had to stop or slow production at various plants because of the shortage of semiconductors or chips used in electronics that control engines, transmissions, entertainment systems, and other major components. It's going down. Meanwhile, silver dealers scramble to find supplies for retail buyers. A retail investment frenzy in silver over the past couple of days driven by social media has left dealers in some regions scrambling for bars and coins to meet the demand. But them cats on social media say that they're not they're not driving it. Wall Street bets, if you're paying attention, they no, they say we're not doing that. If you got silver, you better have them gorilla grip hands. If you got gold, you better have them gorilla grip hands. If they're not hand if your hands aren't strong, go get one of them when them hand, I don't know what the thing is. It's like a spring with handles on it. And you you squeeze it between your hand. My dad used to always do it. I thought it was gangster when I was young. I thought it was gangster sitting around just squeezing the thing like you just like you just a man. <laughs> SEC hunts for fraud in social media posts. Hyping GameStop. You should pay attention to this. United States Securities and Exchange Commission investigators are combing social media and message board posts for signs that. Fraud played a role in dizzying stock swings for GameStop, AMC Holdings, and other companies, according to people familiar with the matter. The scrutiny is being done in tandem with the review of trading data to assess whether such posts were part of a manipulative effort, my bad, a manipulative effort to drive up share prices. Interesting enough. What you put on the internet, the posts that you put out, that stuff isn't private. That's not free speech. Why is it not free speech? I'm going to break it down to you right now in less than 30 seconds how you posting on any type of social media platform does not fall under free speech. Someone start the timer. Start it right now. It's a, it's a United States company. 
It's governed by state law, which is statutory law. Um, and the company makes the policies and it controls anything it creates. So if it creates a social media platform, it can control what is put on that platform. And is you're not subject to free speech, TOS, a.k.a. Terms of Service, was that 30 seconds? It was probably less. That's it. And if you understand jurisdiction, you understand these things, then, you know, that's... It's very simple, right? And that's the end of current events. Welcome to the foundation. I appreciate y'all hanging out. Those are very important events. We bring current events every week just because... It's important. There's a lot of stuff being talked about in the news. It's a bombardment of information, fake news, halfway halfway fake news, uh, late news, um, stupid, um, I got a bad cut steak news. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I just, you know, I just try to bring the stuff that's relevant. You know, we understand um, very, very rich, wealthy individuals, wealthy countries, wealthy actors. They speak to each other through the news. It's the easiest way to send the communication. And, uh, you know, other than that, we got to understand the geopolitical environment, the financial environment. You know, there's a lot of things that's going on. You can learn through the news and you can learn a lot of nothing in the news. So I hope you all enjoy current events. And without being any type of slow Dancer, we gonna move forward with the show, the foundation. Welcome, y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all my investment strategy for the next two years. All right. Now I'm gonna start off by saying, because y'all know I gotta say this. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. I don't give trading advice. I don't give investment advice. I am not a professional. Nothing. I'm private. The only thing I'm a professional at, I'm a, I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there, cause you know you might not be. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. So hopefully you're in a good mood. And you know what I'm saying. If not, pick up these vibes, player. Pick up these vibes. Pick them up. <laughs> but you know, hey, look, look. I do not give legal advice. And you know, this is information, educational purpose only, and, and it may be even entertainment for you. You know what I'm saying. And if so. Yippee skippy. But I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is the specific stock that I'm, I'm investing in. I mean, if that's what you thought, I apologize. Um, but we're going to break it down, right? So my investment strategy for 2021, 2022, and, and it's going to go further. I'm going to break it down, right? And you can you can take notes or you can listen or you can do whatever you do. Just understand, I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm not giving you any legal advice, investing advice, anything. I offer you no type of reward, rebate, <laughs> refund, nothing. I can't cover Look, fam, nay, nay, nay. So I'm talking about me. Please understand that I'm talking about me. If it applies to you, it applies to you, player. It might not, though. No, it might not. But, okay, so let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right, let's get into this. First and foremost, I'm going to break down the difference, the way I look at it, between investing and saving. All right? Just real quick. Just real, I know, I know, I know. Oh, man, you didn't say you were going to talk about savings. I know I, I, I pulled a fast one on you. 
just real quick, I do not invest in precious metals, man. I think that is erroneous. The only way you invest in precious metals, in my opinion, is if you get those old, super old coins from like Rome or whatever, and it's like an ounce or a half ounce, but it's super old and dirty, and a thousand people had it or, you know, something silly, and you charge more for the gold or the silver than you paid, okay, that, then that's kind of like an investment. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Maybe it's a business. I don't know. But I don't do that dance. I don't care if it's from Rome. I don't care if it's from China. I don't care if the Anunnaki had the gold and they, and they hit the little, the little vibration thing and, it, and the gold was in the air and it turned into liquid and it spelled out my name and then hardened and it's from 8,000 years. I don't care, man. If you're trying to charge me more than what the actual metal, the actual gold or silver is worth, you're talking to the wrong player, man. Hey, hey, nope. Son, I don't care. Hey, it's got a butterfly on it. I don't care. Oh, this one's dirty. I don't care. Give me the dirty one. Is it cheaper? Give it to me. Is it real silver? Is it real gold? Give it to me. That's the way I look at gold and silver. You can choose to look at gold and silver however you want. It's up to you. People call it numismatic and stuff. Congress only designated American eagles, gold and silver, American eagles as numismatic. So, you know, you get into the industries and, and oh, it's, it's the, it's the Poconos coin with the only, they only made three of them, but I got four for sale, you know, and, 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 and it's got the bugaboo on it and, and, and it got the misprint because they messed up the date. I don't care about any of that stuff, yo. Some people do. That stuff is ridiculous to me. Look, it's silver. It's gold. You stay no more. We're done here. Anything else beyond that is nothing. And to me, silver and gold is not an investment. It's, this is savings. You know. So when people say, oh, I invest in gold, I invest in silver, most of the time, to me, they're talking about um, the, the, the spot markets. Not the spot markets, but the, the, the paper markets. You know, SLV, GLD, these are like trusts, man. These are uh, paper contracts, man. They're not, it's not real gold or silver, man. And, you know, you can swing trade it and it's, it's worth 32 days today on Tuesday. And then, you know, you buy it. And then Thursday, it's worth 42 and you sell it. Look, look, man, I'm not playing that game with silver and gold, man. I ain't got time for it. Silver and gold is savings. That's how I save. That's how my family saves. That's how private. Um, individuals and families save. We don't save in fiat currency or any type of depreciating asset. It's fundamental. It's elementary. So, you know, I've got that out the way. I mean, so here we go. Investing. What What am I doing in 2021? What am I doing in 2022 as far as investing? And investing is, you know, um, deploying capital for the purpose of making a gain on that capital deployment, maintaining that initial capital deployment, plus creating profits off that deployment of capital, wherever it's deployed. You can deploy capital or money into real estate. You can deploy it into um, um, stock market. You can deploy it into businesses. You can do, there's a lot of different things that you can do as far as like investments. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? The main investment I'm making is in myself, first and foremost. So, per- perfect example. I learned how to swing trade stocks over the past. Okay, no, I'm. 
I'm gonna make it sound real easy. I'm lying. Since I was, look, let's be honest. For about ten or twelve years, my goal, one of my goals, has been to manage a fund, and not like your Wall Street fund or anything. Maybe not really though, but manage a, a certain amount of money. And, and have it, you know, divested and invested in certain sectors and, you know, in, in certain investments and stuff like that and, and grow. Be responsible for a bunch of people's or some families' money and and they give it to me or my, my firm and we grow their money over time and we take a percentage off of their portfolio, you know, quarterly. And that's been a goal of mine for about 12 years, okay? So that's the backdrop. So I've been studying the markets and I've been studying this stuff, but like this right here is different. This is swing trading. I, man, this is brand new to me, man. You know, I'm a buy and hold guy. Oh, that looks valuable. Let's grab that. And then we're just going to sit on it and hopefully it hatches as far as moving around in stocks, reallocating portfolios and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff is new to me. So that's what I've been doing. I don't know the past six months. And I'm telling you, I got really good at it. I always invest in myself. And the way I invest in myself is by me learning something, learning something new. And I can go on social media and scroll through and learn what you ate and learn what you thought about what you ate and see a picture of what you ate. And then scroll through and see what, you know what I'm saying, Jamila said about the other sister and and then, you know, and then fam jumps in in the comments and then they post in, you know, the screenshots of the D man, I'm, I'm learning. That's, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning, but how to me, that's not valuable. And there's nothing I can do with that information. So I don't really spend time on social media. Y'all know if you know, if not, you don't know, but it's not really a thing. I'm more on, you know, investing my time instead of spending my time. So I'm trying to learn stuff. So I learned how to swing trade. I'm up. I'm up nicely. And I got, I got, you know, my daughter into it. I got people, I got other people around me into it. And then I'm just telling them, cause I, you know, I did it for a minute, made sure, you know, things were cool. That's what I usually do. And then once I started making some bread, I was like, okay, well, uh, maybe I should help other people make some bread. So here, you know, I'm just going to tell you, you know, I'm, I grabbed this. You can grab it if you want. But I grabbed it type thing. And people, you know, I got people real close to me making money. Don't hit me up asking me for, for trading, man, for stock tickers and stuff, dude. Don't hit me up, please. I'm not doing it. I just learned. How did I learn? Um, I'm on YouTube. There was a guy who talks about stocks. He had a, a $200 um, course. It was on teachable.com. It was like 22 videos. I went through all the videos. Some of the videos I watched eight, nine times. I got ADD. I lost, you know, um, focus or there was something he said that I didn't quite catch or I wanted to get it all or something. So I took like maybe two weeks watching these courses and stuff. And he was like, yo, you need to start doing this first. And I I just started grabbing stocks, man, because I had previous, you know, uh, experience with stocks and stuff. I, you know, administer, you know, a trust that has a brokerage account. Uh, that has uh, you know its own its own brokerage account and stuff, and I've been doing that for way longer than I've been swing trading. So that's that's an investment I did in myself. I, I learned how to swing trade. Another investment I did in myself. I own a technology company. Well, you know I administer one. The estate owns it, but 
Um, Island Technology Company, because I personally am betting on the continued proliferation of technology and the Internet of Things and businesses and people becoming more and more dependent on technology and not knowing how to work it. You know, most people, if you don't have an app or a specific setting for it, if it doesn't work after you turn it off and turn it back on, most people stop right there. They, they you know, they, they program just reboots and they don't know where else to go and how to, you know, troubleshoot your device or what's wrong with your laptop or what happened with your phone or why, why is my network so slow or how come I can't stream on this over here? And how come my Google, you know, um, my Google, whatever the thing, what do they got? Google, the little speaker, man, that connects to your Wi-Fi, whatever, man. They got Alexis. All this stuff is just going to continue to go and go and go. So me understanding that, I started a technology business several years ago. It's been going very well. It's something that I know. And I invest in education and things that I know, things that I understand, things that I'm passionate about, things that I like. I like tech. I love tech. I got devices everywhere, screens everywhere, um, tablets everywhere. I got a lot of stuff. I usually walk around with two phones. I've been trying for years to get just one phone in my pocket. But for some reason, I'm always, I always usually have like two phones in my pockets, man. And I'm, I just, you know, so I do what I know. I do what I like. So it's probably not what you wanted to hear. I'm, I'm going to get to that. But I invest in myself. I invest in my education. You know, it's, to me, it's one of the reasons why they took out trade schools, you know, and there's no longer trade schools. Because if you, if you teach someone a trade, then they can start their own business doing that trade. You know, and I think that's very important and key to think about. So, you know, you know, I, like I said, I invest myself, that's my, my education, uh, you know, uh, with the tech company, I, I you know, I, I taught myself new skills, you know, during the pandemic, I jumped on YouTube and learned some stuff. I learned several different things that can, that can add value and revenue to, you know, the companies that I minister. And, and that's, to me, that's, that's the biggest investment that you can make in 2021 in 2022 invest in yourself invest in your education invest in learning how to do something that you don't know how to do right now that can make you some extra money now i'm not saying learn how to do something quit your job and then go start your no nah, man look you could do if you could do it four hours a, a week you know 12 hours a month and make an extra 500 dollars a month off of 12 hours man that's a start and then try to automate that and get that going you know i mean amazon sellers are not going anywhere. People are going to keep, keep buying stuff off Amazon, man. They're tripping. They're making all this money. You think buying habits are going to change? I don't really think so. You know, so learning how to be a seller on Amazon is, I think, should be what you do for 2021. You know, there's there's all types of people offering paid classes, free classes, just on YouTube. Go on YouTube. How to be an Amazon seller. Hit Hit enter and see what comes up. Watch a bunch of videos. Get used to it. Get an understanding of it. What does it take? What are the costs? What are the different components with regards to being an Amazon seller? What do I need to do? What do I need? To, you know what I'm saying? Watch a bunch of free videos. And then once you, once you watched a bunch of free videos, you know, four, eight hours or 10 hours worth of videos, you get to the point where all the videos, you're pretty much hearing the same thing. Okay. Then you, I know that all the people who were doing videos, who was the person that you resonated with the most, who, who spoke in a language that you understood, who, you know, you picked it up pretty quick. Now go see if they offer any type of courses or some private classes, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, man, pay that money, man. It's going to be your best investment you'll ever make. 
And these people are, are doing courses. They're getting money off ad revenue. They got, man, look, look. This is this is how I learned. This is how I invest in myself. Private in private education. Investing in my private education is the best investments I've ever made in my life. Hands down. And obviously, you need to be strategic about the investment that you make in your private education, but that's it right there, you know? Uh, so other investments. Honestly, I'm working on this, you know, these these swing trades, like I said, uh, you know, short term in the stock market, you know, uh, I'm long term as well as far as, you know, the, the brokerage account. I don't think, you know, the stock market is going anywhere. Uh, so, you know, just being able to make them those those correct choices. But let's get real. Realistically, I'm looking to, in 2021, in the next 8 to 16 months, I'm looking to get, you know, hands on some residential real estate, like a fourplex or something. I think that's important. Land. Looking to get some land with nothing on it in the next year or so. I don't care if it's an acre, three acres, four acres. I don't care. I'm going to do my best to get it, on, get it close to or on a water source, but I'm looking to get some land real quick and, you know, just buy and hold that joint. The creator is not making no more land. If, and if so, it's not on this planet. And, you know, the things that I've been seeing going on with land lately and and just being just learning this stuff, with, uh, you know, with the trading and the stocks, I'm able to look at different things differently and then just seeing the trend, you know, the overall trend with the, the value of land over the past 25, you know, 30 years. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. We're talking about me. A financial endowment. If you're not familiar with a financial endowment, that's another uh, plan. It's another one of my financial investment strategies. Uh, financial endowment is uh, hospital, universities, typically. You know, you have a trust or family foundation. Uh, make a make a make a donation to the institution, the hospital, university of a certain amount of money, and they deposit it into an account that they have access to these institutions, hospitals, universities have accounts to have access to accounts that do, you know, 15, 25, 40% returns on these accounts. And, uh, you know, they, they deposit the donation that, you know, my private estate makes. And then we negotiate a contract on how the interest is going to be split off of that, you know, off of that, that endowment. And that interest, that split on the interest is interest that's paid for life, you know, because the, the trust never dies, the family foundation never dies, and the institution, whether it's in hospital or universities, I mean, them things have been around forever. And, you know, typically hospital will be bought out by another hospital, but the, the, the endowments, all of the assets and stuff goes along with it. So it basically it just rolls over. And these things are, you know, a a family wealth vehicle that I've learned of in the past couple of years that I've been, you know, steadily working towards establishing a financial endowment with my, you know, my family trust uh, or, you know, my family's uh, private family foundation or, or my family's trust. And you can only do it with a, with a trust or foundation or um, a public charity because those entities never die. 
So this is this is for me this is a big boy investment, you know, um you know the the big pants, you know, with the boots on investment. And um it's it's really forward thinking as far as I'm concerned, forward thinking in the, in the aspect of you know, this this investment, this endowment will be paying the estate dividends um annually for until, you know, much much longer after I'm I'm not here. And the the cool thing about endowment, endowments that I've learned is that, you know, there's usually a threshold or a certain amount that must be donated um, or placed into the fund to get it open. So you got to have a certain amount to start it off. But once you do that, once you get that certain amount, most endowments allow for you to add after it's established any amount. So if if it's twenty five thousand dollars, let's just say to, you know, <clears throat> create an endowment with your local university or hospital. Um, once you create that endowment, um, you can add to it at any time. You know, $25, $100, $1,000, 5 bucks, whatever. You know, once you got it established, you know, the family can add to it at any time. Now, there are tax benefits to endow- <laughs> to financial endowments. And like I said, this is, this is for me, this is big, big pants, big boots. You know what I'm saying? Big spoon, big spoon dance. And, you know, it's it's really for me, it's really something that I really, really strive for, you know, in in 2021, 2022. It's um it's uh you know, it's it's legacy. It's 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 generational wealth. It's 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 for the beneficiaries, you know, and you know, it's just one of those things that I can I can get established while I'm here that will remain established after I'm gone, will continue to pay the estate and provide for the beneficiaries after I'm gone. Financial endowment, I mean, I'm, just, I'm sold. I'm sold. So that's my, that's, that's, that's a large part of my investment strategy for 2021. 2022 is established this endowment. And I'm saying I'm putting it out in the air. You know, I'm, I'm putting it out over the air. You know, so that my word will not come back to me void. But yeah, that's that's a big deal, and I, I encourage you to look into financial endowments. I encourage you to contact your local hospital or university and say, "Hey, can I speak to whoever um, you would transfer me to with regards to the donor department?" The donor department, and then when you get the donor department, just say, "Hey, you know, I'm a trustee or you know a representative of an estate, and we are looking for information regarding your." Um, endowments, financial endowments, and just shut up and listen, and you will learn a lot. And then ask them, hey, you know, once we get the endowment established, can we add to the endowment? And is there a limitation or a maximum after we get it established? How much we have to add to it? And just shut up and listen. You will learn something new that you've never even had a concept of before, and I think that's very important. So yeah, I mean, um, as far as you know, other investments, I'm watching for you know uh, commercial, commercial real estate. Looking for you know if there's going to be any type of um, really some some flash sales. A lot of these businesses are not coming back. Um, a lot of new businesses are not going to be looking for commercial real estate. So I'm looking for distressed uh, owners, underwater owners and stuff. See if we can scoop something up for you know a nice deal. I'm also looking to partner. With some people to do this You know I'm not looking to do this by my own And that's another thing I'm looking to invest in a team And 
2021, 2022. I've gotten as far as I can by myself. I know it. It is what it is. So, you know, investing in other people, investing in good people and good relationships, you know, is is it's time for me to do that again and get get back on that. And I, you know, I have been doing that. You know, but as far as any other investments, I'm looking to grab your silver and your gold when you sell it. And I, you know, like I said, I don't consider it an investment. I consider that savings. But, you know, I always got I always got money to throw into some savings. That's how I feel. Hey, I always got money to save. You know, because I look at savings as, you know, the quasi paying myself. You know how they say pay yourself first? So that's how I look at it, you know. And, you know, with regards to the, the private estate and, you know, the, the private estate, uh, the, the precious metals are part of the retirement services of the trustees. I hope you caught that. I'm going to say it again. Part of the, you know, the private estate, contractually, the precious metals are part of the retirement services for the trustees that serve on the board, you know. It's a little fringe benefits. But yeah, I'm going I'm going hard, you know, in the in the in the stock market. This is the melt up. You know, I would suggest, you know, if if you get some good training, if you're going to do it, but this is part of the wealth transfer. You know, what part of the wealth transfer is going to happen in the stock market? Part of it's going to happen with precious metals. Part of it's going to happen with land um, and real estate and property. Part of it's going to happen with um, different types of uh, tangible assets, you know, classic cars, things of that nature. I heard. California said by 2025 or 2020 something that they're no longer going to allow gasoline cars to be registered. So y'all can get ahead of that. We about to see this influx of green energy. So you know the, you can you can imagine the 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 value of these you know 69 challengers and chargers and stuff like that. These you know these old classic muscle cars is going to skyrocket. You got one in your garage and you wrenching on it, homie. Keep it. Keep it, ranch on it, make it look nice. Cause you know, these we about to see a bunch of millionaires. I read a report that um there's as of twenty nineteen, there's fifty two million. Fifty two million different millionaires on the earth. And every every year of that report, there's more millionaires. Right now there's fifty two million of them. Next year, there's going to be more. I'm looking to be one of the new ones, player. Straight up a read. And, I, you know, hey, what are you looking to do? I'm looking to help you do your dance. Regardless of what, I just want to be clear. I'm not a professional investor. If, if you were to meet, if we were to meet, you know, we were, you know, let's say we're standing in line. At the car wash or something, and we strike up a conversation, and you're like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Like, hey, hey, yo, yo. You're like, "Oh, you know what I'm saying?" Blah blah blah. And we get into conversation, and we start talking about what 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 we do for a living. And you're like, "Well, what do you do for a living?" What I tell people, when you know, face to face, what I I tell them, I'm, I'm a private consultant. I primarily 
focus on corporate structure and private wealth management. I'm a private consultant. I focus on corporate structure and private wealth management. What that means is I'm not the guy you come to about making money. No, I'm the guy you come to about properly structuring your entities to get money and properly structuring your entities in the state to keep money. That's the guy I come to. I mean, that's the guy I come to. That's the guy that I am if you come to me. So like a lot of people say, hey, so hard to get money. I don't know, man. I'm still trying to figure out how to get bread. You know, of course, of course, you know, I got, I'm good. You know, I'm not hurting. You know, I'm not a multi-millionaire, but definitely not broke. Not even close to it. And, but do I have the sauce? Nah, man, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Hey, a lot of the stuff that I feel like happened to me in my life was, was luck or uh, circumstance or Somebody looking out, ancestors, the creator. I don't know. I'm to a point where it's like, man, I don't, I don't even know how I do it. But I'm not the guy to come to. It's like, hey, man, how am I going to make money? How, what should I do to invest? I know a lot of people have been asking me. I'm getting emails. People have been asking me, yo, what are you doing for 2021? How are you investing? I'm doing the same thing I've been doing. I'm a safe. I'm one of what you call a safe investor. I'm not a gambler. I don't like it. I don't like losing money. You know, I me losing the losses are more uh how do i say this me losing five dollars is a bigger deal for me than me winning a hundred i know it may sound weird but if i put some money down on the table and i want a hundred bucks i'm like hey hey, hey, hey. that's what's up that's what's up but in proportion, if I put five dollars down and lost the five dollars, it would not be equal. It would not be proportionate. I would be more upset about losing five dollars than I would be happy about winning a hundred. Does that make sense? That's the way I am. I'm a safe, you know, safe kind of guy. I'm, I come from not having anything. Now that I got it, I want to keep it. You understand what I'm saying? Corporate structure, private wealth management. That's 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 me. So as far as my investment strategy strategy it may be completely off probably has nothing to do with you it's probably stupid you're probably like man i just waste my time listening to this fool but if you didn't waste your time you know i mean that's that's what's up i mean most of us don't have a great a big portfolio a bunch of money to throw at the stock market or you know into certain investments or something we got we start small we got a we got to add little by little, little by little, little by little. But the one of the things that I've noticed, I'm going to tell you, the more money you get, the more money you get. You follow what I'm saying? So don't be afraid to get money. Don't be afraid of abundance. Because, you know, that's what it is. And, you know, when you get the money, you got to learn how to keep it. You know, I say it all the time. I don't care how much money you make. It's all about how much money you keep. And that's that's what's important as far as I'm concerned. Hey, we got about 30 seconds, nope, about 40 seconds left in the broadcast. If you're listening online, you want to call in. It's 563-999-3625. Otherwise, you will be disconnected. You will have to wait and listen to the, the podcast. I'm going to stream a little. But that's what it is. So, you know, I've never been into anything. You say, so what's your plan, investments? Look, I'm going to just keep doing the savings dance. I wanna, I'm want i looking to get my hands on a fourplex. 
you know, eight to sixteen, eight to sixteen months, and I'm I'm looking to do this endowment, this financial endowment with this, you know, probably gonna be it's probably gonna be a university, but no, it it's probably gonna be a university, but might be a hospital, might be a hospital, who knows, who knows, who knows, who knows, but that's where I'm at. That's probably not where most people are at. But if you are, hey man, that's what's up. But you know, that's that's it, y'all. You know, um you do what you know. That's what I would say. Uh what 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 are you what are you good at? What do, what do you know right now? Invest in yourself. Learn some more. You know, the more you learn Last week, you know, last week's show, you know, those with knowledge get richer with the rich. It's not, it's not a game. It's not, you know, some special little weird saying to get into the back. It's, it's real, like for real. And acquire the acquiring of knowledge is, is to me a very noble, noble, noble task. And it's gonna, it's not gonna do anything but allow you more opportunities. More options, more availability, and you'd be surprised. You would surprise. You will surprise yourself with the things that you're capable of. You just gotta try. I know you because I know myself. I just, this, you know, you just gotta try. Just get out your head and just try, and understand that it's not gonna be 100% super duper dope the whole time. There's gonna be ups. There's gonna be downs. Perseverance. Dedication and consistency wins more times than anything else. Talent, cool factor, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter. Next to consistency, dedication, and perseverance. So that's what it is, y'all. Should I take a couple calls or should I be out? I kind of want to be out, but I ain't take no calls last week, did I? I didn't. I don't even have to ask you. I know the answer. You hate when people ask you a question and they know the answer. I hate that, man. I can't stand when someone asks me a question and I know you already know the answer. You know, you ever had them people in your life? You know what I'm saying? You you in the kitchen, you got the fridge open. Right? You reach in, you grab the water, you pull the water out, you go in to grab a cup, they walk in the kitchen and say, you about to drink some water? <laughs> you ever had some people like that? Man, look, I think everybody got people like that. Ask you, you man, look, you see what I'm doing? You see, I'm about to drink some water, <laughs> but no, I, I'll, I'll take some phone calls. I'm in a good mood. I had pretty chill week, and I'm telling y'all, 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 hey, I'm not telling you anything. Just invest in your private education. Let me take a call or two. Let me jump out here with um. Nine eight zero area code. Yeah, let me let me holler at you. Nine eight zero ninety one seventy seven. Trying to holler at you. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace, can you hear me? I can. Peace. Hey, good, good, good evening. I'm so ill. It's my first time listening. First time calling. So I'm an insurance broker. Um you mentioned the endowment, so I I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but I know just like a bank where they have this uh, 
it's insurance type insurance that gains cash value over time that they put aside for their key people, their key their executives called key person insurance where in in the case, you know, the, the executive uh does some kind of finagling or something. He walks away with what they call a golden parachute and they put certain funds into these policies that allow them to build cash value very quickly. And it's not an investment, it's a savings. So I'm using that to say just like any insurance policy, just like you were saying you were investing, you would be willing to put a savings or start a savings through an, an endowment through either um, in a hospital or a university or some other charity. Um, I'm pretty sure those companies are utilizing insurance policies the same way as banks. And so when you pay into them, you're essentially paying into a family-owned or a family-created um, product through savings product through that, that entity or that institution. You're probably doing your own uh, through an insurance policy. I know most insurance policies that earn what's called cash value, which is just interest on what you pay, so if you pay money into a policy that earns what's called cash value, there's a certain amount you cannot or exceed uh, in that limit paying into that policy or it will be turned into an endowment. <laughs> so it, I just wanted to open the door to that because just as you were paying one of those those universities or hospitals, you could probably just get your own policy and just be like a, um, like a bank, you know, be like a financial institution. And you you can do it yourself, but that could be an option in addition to, you know, taking out a savings and making and insuring that that endowment uh, outlasts you, sort of like an annuity type, just through another institution. So I just wanted to throw that out. Wow, yeah, I mean that's that's very uh very astute. You said you were um you were an insurance uh, broker. I'm an insurance broker, yeah. I broker deals through different companies. I was on um high frequency one time. I I did a I did a show with Yusuf on um, infinite it's called infinite banking at the time. But when you mentioned the word endowment, that opened up that memory in my my brain <laughs> and I wanted to throw that out there. So um as far as um, the life insurance uh, and the, the key the key man insurance or key person insurance and the uh, the boat you talking about Boley right or, or something very mm-hmm. similar like bank owned life insurance mm-hmm. um, yeah no um, I I completely agree with you that um, you know the endowment would be in addition to life insurance policies um, mm-hmm. and um, I like the endowment because, you know, uh, in addition to the policy, I'm I'm saying that you're absolutely correct is what I'm saying. And um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it on the air that, you know, the sis is correct. In my case, our state, we have insurance policies. So the next step for us would be to, you know, move into an endowment or get some more policies. But my reasoning for um, establishing an and endowment is um, the insurance policies upon death, you know, they disperse the death benefit and then it's a wrap. 
Whereas with the endowment, you know, even after death, the endowment is still paying. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. right. You know, um, whole life insurance policies, dividend paying, cash value, you're 100% absolutely right. And yes, you cannot um, add too much to them. Otherwise, they become a modified endowment contract and you lose um, mm-hmm. tax benefits. And you, you are absolutely, absolutely right. Um, so um, Now, I will say one more thing. About- uh-huh. And I'll ask that most of you people don't understand life insurance policies are life insurance. Yeah. But the way you structure it, just like in anything that you know about structure, you structure it in a way that it will allow that continuation of policy or death benefit or payout even after you're long gone. And it's just a matter of adding certain features to the policy to make it do what you want it to do and still be under the umbrella of being a tax-free product. So it's right. just all about structure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it, it can be a valuable addition to anybody's savings plan. One thing about I, it, you're not going to lose anything. I would go so as far. Yeah, I would go so No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just going to say back in the day, People use the endowment the same way states use these 529 plans today. They're just setting up an endowment for a 529 plan, which is just an endowment under the state, and having people to put money into that so they can make money in their coffers. Back in the day, the endowment was used like a, a college fund for children, babies when they were born, and that way, um, if, even if the child didn't go to college, that money is still available. So when you say oh, endowment, that's going way back. That's going way old school for me. But it's it's a lot of advantages to it. So There's a lot it's of good advantages. That you that up. It's good that you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you brought that up when I got to be the first time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you. Yeah, first time <laughs> calling in. No, I appreciate because... Yeah. I think that's that endowments, I think um, whole life insurance policies with cash value that you can borrow against. I think um, saving in precious metals. I think these are finance, I mean, foundational principles that we should be talking about all the time. I feel like these types of conversations should be every day and nothing, nothing special. You know, someone run up on you, hey, man, you heard about endowment? I'm like, yeah, what you mean? You were talking about that? My, you know, my grandma was talking about endowments when I was seven. You know, that's that's what I'm looking to at least be a proponent and a catalyst to, you know, uh, to to push for, you know, that to be a part of our culture, you know, endowments, life insurance. I feel like if, yo, if, if 50% of our young brothers and sisters had life insurance policies, I feel like a lot of those police killings would stop and really slow down because I mean, how many of these companies are owned or subsidiary or some way affiliated with the same companies that insure the police and municipalities and stuff like that. And I just, I just look at this stuff different, but I'm really, you know, working to get this, this type of conversation to be more mainstream in our, in our, you know, in our culture, you know, with us. But yeah, I think I think an endowment. I think that is when I learned about endowments, I I could not believe it. 
I could not believe it. I, I was I was I was angry for a second because they keep this information from us. They really do. And I, I got to talk to, you know, a sister like you who works in insurance or, you know, someone who works in the industry, you know, for them to confirm it. But they learned it because, you know, they're like you learned it. I'm not I'm just not to assume, but you know, I'm assuming that you learned it because you, you, you're in insurance and, you, you know, you're familiar with these types of things. But it's, it's not my, my grandma didn't teach me this stuff. And that's that's what I'm pushing for. I think it should be uh, more common for our families to be dealing these types of things. Cause this, I studied wealthy families for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, this, this is where I found endowments, the Rockefellers uh, helped set up. Uh, it was an endowment to Atlanta seminary or whatever. Um, to, to, uh, to to Atlanta Seminary to I'm trying to I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head set, gave an endowment to that it was a college to help them keep their same sex status and the college in honor of Rockefeller's endowment they renamed the college Spelman College after um, Rockefeller's wife because that was her maiden name Spelman and Morehouse is Rockefeller's um pastor and business partner's last name and they were heavily endowed by Rockefeller so and a lot of schools were set up through endowments by Rockefeller and he was credited for donated over 80% of his wealth and what he did is he donated to the, his own charities and foundations and structures that he set up and different schools that he set up endowments in and stuff so um, I had to study to learn this stuff. You know, you had to, you know, learn a specific, you know, uh, trade. And that's the part that kind of pushes me to, you know, share this information with people, you know. So I definitely, I definitely appreciate you calling in and saying that and touching on that. And um, do you, um, do you help people get insurance policies or do you broker mm-hmm. between companies and like companies yeah, and companies? Yeah, I feel like, on an individual level. Yeah, but I just thought um, I had read somewhere one time that any any university back in like thirties, any university that did not include a university or a medical school in their college or their university was not going to get any funding to profit them. So it's interesting that hospitals and universities are amongst the major players for these endowment funds. People don't mm-hmm. the sumo Putting money into these different entities, hospitals and universities. So uh, I, I didn't know that about the film. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, research it. I, I was like, wow. <laughs> when I learned it, I was like, wow. Wow. Where did you where did you get that information? I mean, I'm gonna put it in here. Just put it in. Say it again? You kinda of breaking up, I'm sorry. I was wondering I was wondering where you got that information about filming. That was interesting. Um I don't remember. Uh, cause I, I found a, a report that Congress did because 
Congress did an investigation on foundations, the Carnegie and Rockefeller foundations. And um, uh, they came back and was talking about how the power, how much power that they were wielding through the industries that they controlled and through through the, the, the donations that they were making through their foundations that they were going to, what did they say? That they would soon control um, the education system, the education system and the social services of the country. And this was back in like 1930s or something, but it was like a congressional report that led me to the endowments. Cause they were talking about their foundation. I was like foundations. So I started looking into their foundations and, you know, the general the, um, the general education board, and which later became the board of education. Um, John Dewey, which the what is it the the Progressive Education Association or the PEA, which was heavily endowed by Rockefeller. I just followed the money from like the twenties, um, but I can't remember off the top of my head what the name of that congressional report was. But um, I wonder if you can just you know do a Google search or look on it on Wikipedia or something. I don't think that that's like hidden information where the names came from. But, um, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head what it was a congressional report. The Congress, like they did an investigation on these guys. <laughs> it was kind of serious. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember the name of the report. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. Um, if you don't mind, if you do um, set up policies, if you don't mind, um, maybe I can call you off air in the next day or so because, um, you know, um, I teach trust administration in the private and, you know, a lot of trustees are looking to, you know, set up their, their, you know, their, their insurance policies, their life insurance policies and stuff. So if you're interested, you know, maybe I, maybe we can connect and, and work something out. Or not. Now it works too. But, um, you know, have a great night. And uh, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, what are we doing? 214. Let me holler at you. 214-2375. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace. It's Dante. I knew you were going to catch me on party time with this little boy in here. Um, Definitely wanted to shout out the the sister that just called in on the insurance policy, and that's a good thing. And, you know, awesome specifically for her to be kind of networking in right on time to find timing as far as you talking about investments and her being involved in insurance. So that was super-duper-duper cool, I thought. Thanks a lot. And um okay. And uh, definitely want to touch base on the uh, endowment portion of it with uh specifically reaching out to some of the state schools and universities. I know I've talked about this with you on air a couple of times, but they got some really, really cool stuff as far as you being able kinda of to direct what you want your money to go to. And that's another thing in the back. Not a bit. And your finger is 
as far as being able to, like, I've got an aquatic background with swimming and stuff like that. So if I want to go set one up, then I shouldn't say if I want to, but spoke with one lady about a year ago today about setting one up for getting an aquatics program going for them and all of that stuff. And it was like, yeah, you can absolutely do that. Like, basically, you give us this money. But uh, you can kind of direct where it goes and what it's spent to in addition to getting something back on it. And that's like, you know, after you get to a certain tier as far as putting, you know, your family name on it, at least that's what um, the line was that I got from her. Yeah, I mean, that's how it works. Deanships, professorships, and chairs, you know, in universities, colleges, all are funded by the endowments. Um, if you go to a college or a university and you see um, African-American studies or you see Islamic studies, the college or university is not paying for that curriculum to be taught. It is a private family or organization that's paying for that curriculum to be taught. So, you know, endowments run everything. I mean, the 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 educational system is controlled through financial endowments. That's why we only know what we know because we went to the schools that were heavily um, endowed by wealthy individuals and wealthy families to, you know, keep us where we are. So we're not competing with their families. Um, so yeah, endowments, those things are very powerful. And yeah, you can, yep, you can. You can you can do it pretty much anything with an endowment. You just cannot discriminate. You can't say, "Hey, this is only for minorities. Only minorities can get this money." You can't do that. You gotta, you know, statutorily these these hospitals, these universities, they come under state statute, and there's no discrimination, you know, uh, with regards to race, color, creed, you know, religion, and so on and so forth. But yeah, absolutely, you can establish an endowment, and that endowment can pay for any curriculum. Uh, uh, ping pong class or whatever, you know, Hey, that's the offer. People sign up. If people don't sign up, then, you know, they'll call you and they'll say, Hey, we're not really getting um, a good response for this, you know, this initiative. We want to, you know, maybe uh, modify the program, you know, and so that's, you know, your, your family investment is going um, towards something that's being utilized. So maybe let's get into this or let's get into that. And I'll sit there and talk to you and stuff like that. Yeah. These things are powerful and diamonds are no joke. They're no joke at all. None. Zero. So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to set up a curriculum, that's how you do it. The Rockefeller, they showed me how to do it. The Carnegie's and Rockefeller, they showed me how to do it. Like, this is how you do it. And then they can't touch you because if you're using your, your own private family foundation, um, it's a contract and it doesn't fall under state jurisdiction. So they can't, what, the, what they going to do. Absolutely. Uh, one other thing, since you said the names again, uh, do you have any knowledge or uh, information on the Vanderbilt? Because they were huge on reforming education as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. As far as they money, oops. Um, they recently had a reunion, and it was like, I want to say like 50 or 200 heirs of the Vanderbilt family came together and um, none of them were millionaires. You think that's by structure and design though? Yeah. Not design. I think it's from lack of structure. You know, 
or, or maybe lack of proper administration of the structure and the structure got away from the family members, which happens all the time. Like you'll see family trust. You'll see family trusts or family foundations where the heirs weren't interested in learning how to administer the entities, the, the trusts or whatever. And, you know, professionals came in and they got, it's, it was a rap rizzle. I've seen it all the time. Like, oh, family, family, some family trust, huh? And then go investigate the trust, and they, nobody from the family has anything to do with the trust. <laughs> like, oops. Yeah, that happens. So I I'm, I would I would say that. Huh? Go ahead. You say. I would just say, you know, loss of, you know, lack of structure, proper structure by, you know, the, the, uh, the patriarch, you know, the Vanderbilt patriarch, or improper administration and loss of control due to, you know, successive generations and misadministration. That's what my studies led me to. It was exactly that. It was loss of control due to improper administration. Mm -hmm. Don't know if you got plans for next week's show, but maybe that's something you can tap into. Uh, the one other thing I wanted to talk to you about is I was looking at uh, some crazy conspiracy stuff, and they were talking about how the five largest university endowments could literally give, like, the next 10 years' worth of students free education, housing, books, and I forget what the other thing was, but, like, basically they could let respectively about 50,000 people per university roll through there for free. I saw that. I saw that on Harvard. I didn't see it on anything else, but I I, I saw that on Harvard. They could pay the faculty. They could expand. Um, They could pay the tuition for all of the, all of the um, students and do something else just with their endowments. But they won't because endowments, those are contractual and that's not the purpose of the endowment. That th- that type of writing, man, is pers- you know you got informative writing and you got persuasive writing. And if you if you're able to discern what you're looking at, if you're looking at oh this this is this is a persuasive piece or this is an informative piece, you can understand like okay, so what are they trying to inform me, or what are they attempting to persuade me to, you know? And that is more of a persuasive to kind of, in my opinion, to kind of get people to kind of. Uh, negative optics on the rich i guess but most people don't understand that oh we can pay for all this stuff but it actually can't and it's this is a mute point and actually redundant because the contract will never allow for such a thing and was never an endowment was never set up for anything like that so it's just like i don't know it's like it's like saying hey uh the united states can print enough dollars to pay for everyone's debts on the planet i mean Technically and theoretically, that's true, but uh, that's not what the United States is for. You know what I mean? But um, nah, I mean um, these things, these things, these these things are big. These these are big things. These are big things. Um, a good uh, a good book to read um, is Undue Influence by David. Margolick, M A R G O L I C K, Undue Influence. It's the, the ep- one more time. Um, un, undue, Undue Influence, U N D U E, Influence. 
by David Margolick, M-A-R-G-O-L-I-C-K, M-A-R-G-O-L-I-C-K. And it's basically uh, the it's basically the battle over the, the Johnson & Johnson fortune. It's some crazy stuff, man. Yeah, we're all boys set it up for people that hadn't been born yet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, man, private contract is amazing. <laughs> it's one of them things you got you you got to see it to believe it. You know, you got to yay. It's just one of them, one of them dances. But yeah, man, it's you know I can only scratch the surface on these shows. You know, and then even in you know even in training because you know people in the training are on different levels. But man, when it comes to this private stuff. <sighs> You have no idea. People have no idea. You have an idea. I know you do down table. Most, you know, people have no idea the power of the private man. Crazy. Yeah, that was really ridiculous. And the one other thing I wanted to say was, you know, like thank you and shout out to you for for getting me into like not not really back into reading, but reading stuff of substance. Because what another thing you just said as far as being informative versus persuasive, like, you know, going reading, you know, fiction books and blah, 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 blah. What is that really doing for your time here? Like, as you would say before you dust this, you know, just dust off your soul before you shake it off. Mm-hmm. And, like, definitely got into some, uh, you know, just keep it really simple, some wavelength stuff where, you know, Different wavelength pit, but you get that dialed into a laser. Right. And, you know, shorten up those wavelengths. Like a lot of way more influential stuff happens. And I just want to definitely thank you and High Frequency for y'all's efforts. And, you know, Yusuf uses usually a little more colorful language than you do, which I've both been very both informative and persuasive at the same time and being persuasive about becoming informed. Yeah, 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 man. You what? Can't shout you out enough for that. (laughs) I mean, it's. I always try to be honest because this is how I truly feel. I'm not saying this. This ain't no PR or nothing. Man, it's not me, man. It's the creator and the ancestors, man. I don't even know. You know, sometimes I just start talking and stuff. Stuff just goes. But I mean. Respect, man. I mean, you know, it's hey, if 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 you can you can pick up what I'm putting down, then that's to me that's beautiful because I will I have no problem telling no one that when I was in seventh grade and I live with my dad and my stepmom, I had friends that I would not let come to my house because I had roaches and we were poor. And there was times where I didn't know if I was going to go home and not be able to turn on the lights because there was no power. You know, um, these these things are a part of me. And, and, it's a, and it's a part of us. And I think being able to describe these experiences, but I also being able to describe what took me from there to here is one of the biggest things I can do for, you know, the audience, you know, the high frequency audience, 
is to make it relatable and personable because man, I had roaches. Wouldn't let nobody and wouldn't let the homies come through. I was embarrassed. We were super poor. I had to rotate um three out two and a half outfits for five days a week. You know what I'm saying? And figure it out. Had no iron. I had to lift the mattress up and crease my pants and just so and put the mattress down and go to sleep. So I had to crease like everybody else did at school. But where I'm at right now, would have never thought, would have never known. It's just when I when I decided, when I was sitting at that restaurant in Paris, fam, with these other Europeans, you know, and it was a brother. I you know, I don't really I didn't really speak too good at French. It was a brother came up. That's we're talking numbers and stuff. The brother come up to take our order. You know what I'm saying? He looked like it could have been my uncle, man. And the way these dudes treated this dude, man, I made a decision. I made a straight up decision that I want to do business with my people everywhere I go in the world, my people in the lowest economic position, and I want to do something to change that. And in order to do business with my people, they need to know the things that I know about how I want to do business. And that's, that's, that's what the foundation is. You know, so me being able to tell this stuff to y'all is like, man, it's not me. I'm not special. I'm not nothing. Nothing. In my opinion, just like y'all, you know, fears, doubts, all this other stuff, I just have experiences and I have times where I've sat there, you know, and been super scared, super scared, scared almost to tears, all types of voices in my head telling me, don't do it, don't do it, you're going to die, you're going to kill yourself, everybody's going to laugh at you, you're going to lose everything, and have fought through that and experienced positive results so many times to know that these voices in my head, most of them are talking crap, talking bullshit, not even true, it's fear, it's doubt, and I just want to help people see the other side of all that fear and doubt and shame because it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful over here, and I'm, I feel I'm blessed. I'm, I'm honored. I, I don't deserve it, but if I can help y'all get over here, man, it's, it's great. It's, I mean, it's a wonderful thing, and and that's what it is. So I'm gonna talk about endowments. I'm gonna talk about life insurance. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna talk about private trust. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna keep talking about this stuff. You know, I'm gonna talk about how they're locking down uh, financial transactions. I'm talking. I'm gonna talk about how they're gonna go digital. I'm gonna talk about how they're gonna take away, try to take away your rights. How the World Economic Forum is saying you will own nothing and be happy. How um, rich Europeans took control of the school system back in the 30s. And that's why you were born into this stuff multiple generations, and it's not your fault. You're not stupid. You're not slow. None of this stuff that you believe or you've been taught. And we need to get beyond this in order to get to the other side. And I'm telling y'all, it's great over here. I'm telling you, it's trustful over here. Sometimes, you know, hey, you'd be wondering or so, but, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be like, man, I don't know if, you know, um, the earnings report on this, you know, on these companies is going to be proper to where the dividends are going to be able to take care of this bill the way it used to last year because of pandemic and be like, well, it doesn't matter because there's a life insurance policy in the name of the trust with cash value over $50,000. That is a, it, you never understand what it feels like to be good. Even when you feel like you're not good. 
but you're good. Sit back and just think, oh, man, I got money. Oh, we got the savings. We got precious metals. Then think about that. Oh, we got the, the cash value and the life insurance policy. Dang, didn't think about that. When, 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 you, when you take out a mortgage on your home and you got children and stuff and you're stressed because you know that they depend on you. If something happens to you, the lights go off, the mortgage doesn't get paid, you know, child service is going to come try to take them and throw them in some foster home with some Europeans or something. But when you have life insurance and you know that the death benefit of that policy can more than take care of the mortgage outstanding on his property and that more than likely they're not going to lose it, you sleep different at night. You, you feel different on your way to work when you're driving. Your life changes when you start putting this information into action. This, this information will change your life and it will change the quality of your life. But the biggest thing is working past that fear, that shame, that doubt. And taking action and doing some shit that you didn't even know you were supposed to do, could do, don't even know how to. Just be like, just being able to be like, you know what? Mm, shrug your shoulders and like, you know, what? I'm gonna go try it. Because even, even if you run out there and trip and fall and everybody laugh at you, those people laugh and none of them are out there doing it. None of them. Little sissy sitting over there laughing at you, but they ain't out there trying to do it. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, to think about. And I'm ranting, bruh. I'm ranting. But, you know, all that just to say, hey, I feel like I'm just playing my part. You know, this just, you know, got, I got I got, uh, I got assigned to a post and I'm just, I'm standing my post, man. But I appreciate you. I appreciate, you know, you've been, you've been down with the foundation for a long time, Dante. So you know, I definitely appreciate you, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to jump on you a little bit because you can <clears throat> say that you're nothing and all that that you want to, but the the one thing that I've noticed, and I'm going to call you two words, I'm going to say that you're very consistent and you're very authentic, and that's what makes you relatable, and that's something that really seems like is a completely dead breed, like an, an extinct, <laughs> you know, animal after the last of us go because, you know, you live you live life long enough, like you end up finding out some of the truest and realists really aren't. And I just appreciate you for at least as long as, you know, I've been been hearing your messages that you've been putting out, like you've been consistent, you've been authentic. And that's what makes it relatable because a lot of people won't say I was too poor to have homeboys over. They won't say I you know, when I was coming home from school I didn't know if we were gonna have electricity, gas, water, if it was gonna be another moldy meat mayonnaise sandwich day and you know while everybody that you listen to might not relate to that the the ones that do or even the ones that don't can still feel the authenticity in the way that you present it you're not reading that from a script you know what i mean and yeah I, I just appreciate yeah. you getting out there i'm just agreeing with you man i'm sorry i said yeah sorry go ahead i mean that's it like Big ups to you, big up to you, Spell, the whole high frequency, you know, family, the the foundation family. Like, you're doing big things, and it, it might take a while, but the actions that you decided, I guess, at that restaurant in France, like, I hope they echo to, to eternity and they come back to you, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple fold, you know, while you're still here on this plane to enjoy it. Hey man, I appreciate that. Same, I mean, I, the same for you. You know, I feel like, 
you know, um, anyone who, you know, has, has a concern for, you know, their brother or their sister, you know, is, is, is a noble man, an honorable man, a noble sister, an honorable brother, and I consider you, you know, noble and honorable. So, you know, that, that means a lot coming from you. So I appreciate that, fam. Very, very humbling, brother. Thank you. If I could, I'd probably be, you know, all red in the face. But, hey, I can't do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> Definitely do. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's what's up, man. You. That's all I had, man. Peace to you. I appreciate Thanks for calling in, brother. Definitely appreciate it. Talk to you soon, man. Enjoy yourself. Peace. I know you're taking care of the little one, man. And, you know, that's one of the most honorable things you can do is, you know, be the best parent you can be. I think that's the number one job on this planet. I don't give, I don't care what else you're doing. You know, you could be the best stockbroker. You could be the best, you know, window washer. I don't care. If you, if you ain't putting everything into, you know, being a parent, being an educator, being a teacher, uh, you know, so I, I respect, you know, I respect that. I respect I respect the parents. Shout out to the mothers and the fathers, man. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. And uh, you know, shout out to you for checking out this show this long, man. Y'all y'all could be doing anything, you know. Hey. A lot of things you could be doing. A lot of things on your phone you could be into online, Netflix, you know, Disney Plus, ESPN, all that stuff. But you know, you're checking out the show, you're looking at my investment strategy for 2021, 2022, it wasn't anything revolutionary, I don't believe. You're not going to run out and make a million dollars next week. That's not the point. The point is, is to, you know, get properly structured to understand what, you know, an investment is versus what saving is. Understand what spending is versus what investment is. And understand that the biggest investment that you can make is that investment in yourself investment in knowledge actionable exercisable skills that you can use to generate another source of income no matter how large or small it doesn't matter anybody who talks anything slap them in the mouth they ain't got nothing to say to you ain't their business don't mind their business slap them in the mouth mind your business don't make me slap you again and you just do your dance just do your dance you know, invest in your, in your private education, you learning what you feel is valuable, and then converting that value into assets. Let's name it again. Let's name it again. Appreciating assets. Um, don't get fancy with it. I just suggest that you, you know, slow and steady wins the race. But, you know, I'm going to tell you what my mentor told me. doesn't matter how much you make. It's all about how much you keep. And if you're not properly structured, you can go home and weep, sleep. So, you know, invest in your private education. Maybe the first thing that you do is jump into trustee training. Maybe the first thing that you do is email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. You say, hey, so what's up with this trustee training I keep hearing about? And when we take it from there, you know, it'll change your life. I can definitely say that it will change your life. Trusty training will change your life for the good. And um, you will be tested your life. I don't know if it's in your relationship with your money, something 
Everyone who gets into trustee training, they're tested somehow. They have some sort of issue. And most people who get into trustee training, they overcome that issue and they move forward. And some get into that issue and they give up and they say, hey, I'll come back, I'll circle back, blah, blah, blah. Not understanding that before you are rewarded, you are tested. It's just a natural law. It's a phenomenon. But maybe that investment is in your private education and learning how to administer your private estate, set it up, structure it properly outside of the jurisdiction of the cannibalistic taxing authority of the state. You can properly um, hold and administer the wealth that you exchange from your energy and life into this physical realm. And it be held by a private contract entity for the benefit of your beneficiaries, not someone else's, and do your dance. 100%. Life insurance policies, private family banking through life insurance policies, velocity banking, financial endowments, private placement accounts, uh, uh, IPOs, initial initial public offerings. A lot of things you can do with these types of structures. Email me admin at welcome to the foundation.com. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It matters how much you keep. Jump into this trustee training. Learn how to trade. Learn how to build bird bird houses. Learn how to, you know, make healthy, nutritious soil out of black or really brown messed up soil. Learn how to do something that is valued and you will add wealth to your life. And you got to, maybe first you'll learn how to keep it. <laughs> and that's trustee training. So, you know, hey, y'all have a great week. Enjoy yourself. There's a lot of stuff going on, but, you know, stay, stay centered. You know, it doesn't have to be about you. Look. Everything that's going on, whether it's, you know, someone driving real close to you behind you or driving real slow in front of you or to the way Anthony is acting, you know, in the break room, all of that, especially the negative stuff, is offering acceptance. All of life is offering acceptance. You make a choice whether you accept this specific transaction, this specific energy, this specific person, whatever, this specific Scenario you you decide whether you accept it. He riding all slow. That's an offer for you to get upset at them riding slow in front of you. Are you going to accept that offer and raise your blood pressure? Me personally, I do not accept those types of offers. I decline them. Thank you. I keep my blood pressure low. I be chilling, throwing some jazz or whatever I need to do to keep my mood the way I want it. You understand what I'm saying? Take my power back. From that fool driving in front of me, from that fool in the break room at my job, just getting on my nerves every day, I no longer accept that offer for you to get on my nerves anymore. Thanks. Appreciate it. The sanctity of my mind is very important. So should yours be. And, you know, for the rest of this week, be very careful of the offers that you accept. Wake up, you know, after this show, whatever you do. Look at the world a little differently. Try to identify the offers that you're offered every day and how the different offers and are you going to accept? If I ride by you and say, nigger, that's an offer. Are you about to accept that? 
It's up to you. Let's pay attention. You know, the sanctity of the mind is most important. We need our mind clear and in good, you know, uh, scenario parameters in order to make the most prosperous decisions, in order to give the most love to the people that we care about. You see where I'm going? So watch the offers that you accept. Make sure that you enjoy yourself this week. Make sure that you invest in yourself in 2021 and 2022. And make sure that you check out welcometothefoundation.com, education tab, passport, no social, foundation trust series, foundation trust primer, free PDFs. You can email me, get into the private trustee training. You can set up a private consultation. Welcome to the foundation.com. But I want y'all to work on your fear. Work on your fear. I want you to work on your shame. Work on your shame. Work on your fear. And that doubt. Them, those, that, that voice in your head telling you that you ain't going to make, you can't do it, they're going to laugh. Work on that. Start whooping on that voice. And tonight and every night, I want you to say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep because it matters. And I'm going to catch you next week here on the hottest radio network on the planet, High Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, So L. This is The Foundation. It has been a pleasure. Enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. I'll catch you next time, player. Peace to the gods. Catch you next week. Peace. High Frequency Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.